1: Chin Music today, we'll talk about Joey Gallo, what his signing means. We'll also get into the intrigue of the Carlos Correa move. Uh, Failing a physical, going from the Giants to the Mets, whether the Twins had another shot at him, whether they should have wanted to have another shot at him. This is Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen, subscribe your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Check out all the other shows at TalkNorth.com. Thank you to Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. And thank you for listening to the network and the show. So, Lavelle, we will get to Joey Gallo, uh, but let's let's talk about Correa. That is the Mm -hmm. biggest news in baseball this week. Supposedly fails a physical. uh, The Giants bail out on him. He ends up signing with the Mets within hours how did the twins figure into all this? Do you you feel like Correa never had any interest in the twins? Do you feel like the twins had another shot at him after the giants nixed that deal? Do you think the giants just bailed because they didn't feel good about the deal? Tell kind of bring us inside what's going on with Correa now.
0: Yeah, it's been rather fascinating. I do. I mean, I think some people over there are are wondering if Correa was really sincere about wanting to stay in Minnesota. My view is I think he was, um, but I think all along, Jim, the thing about Scott Boris is somehow he's going to have to push the envelope somewhere, somehow. Um, in terms of years, total money, or AAV, well, Boris has got to set the tone somewhere somehow, and I think he was out to do that. And I think the Twins' 10-year, $285 million offer uh, fell a little bit short of that. So um, I don't think they had another shot after um, the Giants' Uh, backed out, Uh, my source told me that that their offer was no longer on the table. Um, And that tells me that they were worried that the Boris was just shopping their offer around, looking for a, a better deal. And it was unfortunate. If you count what Korea uh, made this year. It's an eleven-year package and a three hundred and fifteen million dollars, which is ridiculous. You know, for mm-hmm. for uh, actually three twenty. I can't add it anymore, uh, which uh, is pretty impressive for a Minnesota team or uh, to, uh, for the Pilots to offer. Um, but it was uh, it's crazy because the Giants are got cold feet over something that happened in 2014 when, mm-hmm. when Correa was still in the minors. Uh, that tells me they got nervous. They didn't want to make that big a commitment. And I, I was really stunned because the way the contract was shaped, um, it kept them out of the um, the luxury tax threshold. So they could afford to keep him on that roster um, for the balance of the deal and not have to worry about being taxed. Um, the fans in, in, Sa- in San Francisco were furious because – They've uh, listened to Farhan Saidi, the GM there, uh promise them for years that let's build the farm system. We'll get young players, and then when it's time to strike, we'll make the big move. And so they saw this as their big move move. So Twins are mad, Twins fans are mad because uh you know Korea walked. Giants fans are mad because their squad, their their front office walked. Meanwhile, Korea's in New York on the Mets team, in which uh he's miscast as a third baseman, but is on a team is nevertheless loaded and a World Series favorite.
1: One thing I will say, and I had this conversation with a Twins official as well. Uh Korea might have had every intention of giving the Twins a fair shot and the Twins obviously took their bet what they thought was their best shot. If Boris is the agent, feelings don't matter, right? You have to remember that. It doesn't matter if if Korea First of all, Boris is not going to take the second best offer. He's going to take the best offer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second of all, if Correa hires Boris, Correa is going to listen to Boris. This is not a a friendly local agent saying, hey, I just want my player to be happy. Boris has bigger fish to fry. He wants to set records. He wants to elevate the market for all of his other clients. Feelings don't matter when Scott Boris is involved.
0: That is right. And he's going to wait out as long as possible. I'm actually surprised that Correa's uh, market came to fruition this soon. I thought this was going to get dragged into January and February, to be honest with you, but um, the numbers got to the point where versus is ready to pull the trigger, man. Um, yeah. This is, this is why he is considered an Uber agent because he, he's uh, he's one step above all the other agents in baseball because he is going, he's had high price c- clients uh, through the years and he is going to make sure something gets maximized in these deals. And, Um, It's pretty uh, amazing how quick Boris pivoted once the Giants got cold feet and was able to find Steve Cohen, who was vacationing in Hawaii at the time, uh, to put down his martini and to strike a deal uh, as fast as it came around.
1: (laughs) Well, that's another thing that Boris does is Boris tries to cultivate relationships or at least get himself in front of owners. Most agents just deal with the general manager. Boris is very willing to go over their heads, deal with an owner. Appeal to an owner's ego and competitiveness, and sell him on it. And I think you know the fact that he was probably able to get to Cohen instead of having to deal with the the Mets front office
0: probably made that deal happen. You know, and that and he's he's always knew he's always played the angles throughout his career. Uh, I was told, you know, when he was talking to high school players about representing them or being their advisor, you know, his goal was to win over the mother. And he, once he got the mother on his side, he figured he'd get the player, you know, on on the other end here with the proven veteran. Uh, he always he often asked for an audience with the owner. I know he asked for audience with uh, Jim slash Joe Polat, mm-hmm. but uh, the Polat sent him a message and said, look. We don't have to meet. We love We love Carlos. We want him back. We're going to try to make this happen. We don't need to, to meet you uh, officially. I don't know what would have happened if Boris would have gotten that audience with the Polads, would things have been different, would the offer have been even more uh, a bigger offer. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I, I'm still questioning this man. He hit 22 homers and drove in 64 runs for the Twins last year as a shortstop, which I don't mind. But 22 homers and 64 RBIs from a third baseman, I need more. I I am curious to see how how this move's gonna make uh gonna gonna play out with him at third base. I did talk to someone in um, San Diego uh, a couple weeks ago. When I was at the Hall of Fame uh, meetings, and uh, he he's convinced that Correa's got a 40 home run season in him because he's got that type of power potential. And maybe he'll unleash it as a third baseman, but uh, you know he's never had a 30 homer season. He's never had a 100 RBI season. Part of that is where he's been batting in the order, uh, but um, when you're getting paid $350 million, uh I, I gotta have I gotta have Manny Machado numbers. I gotta have Austin Riley numbers, you know. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out.
1: Are you surprised at all that he went to third base? By the way, let me thank our producer, Brandon Morton. Uh let me thank everyone who listens to the network. Reminder, go to TalkNorth.com. You'll find shows with Cheryl Reeve, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, Mike Grimm on the Go Gopher podcast, Jeff Diamond, John Krasinski, John Millay, Dave Lee, outdoor content. Check it all out. Uh, the show here is Lavelle Neal from the Star Tribune, myself, Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune, and Roy Smalley. Roy's not with us today. He'll be back with us soon. Are you surprised at all that he was willing to shift to third base?
0: No, I don't I don't think so. Um, I think Lindor is his boy. Um Fellow countryman, I think they uh, um, have a good relationship, and he had no problems making that move for him. I, you know, they got Jeff McNeil at second. And I don't know, maybe second base would have been a, 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 a more palatable move for him. Um, and then, you know, if he hits twenty five to twenty seven homers and drives in ninety runs at second as a second baseman, um, that's you know that's that's elite uh, production from that spot. But um, he definitely has athleticism. To play third, and my goodness, he has the arm strength. The arm will the armor will play nicely at third. Um and him coming in on bunts and, and tappers, you know, in front of him. Um, he's gonna clean up on those. So um I guess if you want a the better fit for his defensive abilities, third, I'll probably put third over second. I was looking at offensive production, I would put second over short or second over third. But we'll see how this we'll see how Carlos handles the move. Let's get back to uh,
1: Cohen and what this does for Major League Baseball or does to Major League Baseball. Let's switch now, though. Talk about Joey Gallo. Do you like the signing? Is he your everyday right fielder? And what does this mean for Mac Max Kepler?
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of this move. Um, uh, because uh once again, it's it's kind of like you're hoping for a guy to bounce back after a couple of down years. But what's a down year for Joey Gallo? I mean, he's a 199 career hitter. Um, but um, this team needed right-handed pop even before it lost Correa. And now they really need right-handed pop. And I, I just don't see, you know, I mean, Gallo's best year, I think he hit like 250, you know? And and uh, that was like in a, a, a lower, it wasn't even a full season. So, um, I'm nervous about about how this is going to play out. The Twins seem to think they can tweak something and 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 get him locked in. But what's locked in for Joey? 2.25 two and 40 homers? You know, I grew up in Chicago. I watched Dave Kingman. I feel like the Twins just signed Dave Kingman. Well, the funny thing is it feels like they just re-signed Miguel Sano. That too. Yeah. Well, go look at the cops. If you go on Baseball Reference and call Joey Gallo, the second comp is Miguel Sano. <laughs> yeah. It feels very similar. Now, obviously, you know, listen, they, they reached a point
1: of frustration with Sano where it was going to be time for him to move on one way or another. And he could end up bouncing back someplace else, but you know, he just, it it was time to move on. I I could see Gallo hitting home runs here. I really could. I don't know. I don't know about average. I don't know about, you know, I I just don't know. I mean, he gives you a guy who's done it before, which is nice, but Mm -hmm. I also think they just signed somebody to a position of relative strength as you know, between, Kirilov, Larnick, Walner, some other bats coming up. It 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 feels a little odd to me. I'm not saying it's not, it might work out great. It just feels a little odd to me at the moment.
0: I want it, yeah, I want to I want to see those kids get uh, a chance to play. Um if they can stay healthy, I'd like to see one of those gets get stuck in right field to see what type of numbers they put up over the course of a year. I would argue that they would be close to Gallows. Um Gallo is a very good defensive right fielder, outfielder, for, especially in the corners. He can't play a little bit of the center, but you know, with the shift disappearing, I was curious to see how Kepler would do. You know, um, with the change in shift. Although his hard hit rate has, hasn't been great the last couple of years, which I, I think is, is one of his problems here. But um, it looks like Kepler's going to be moved now. I mean, there's no reason to have it's. It, you have superfluous right fielders now. When you have uh, Gallo and Kepler, so Max is probably going to get moved, and they'll find a, a taker. Or or I would. And I, Jim, I thought the signing was made. Uh, with the twins fully aware that they probably have a deal out there for for Kepler that they're going to execute here, uh, I don't know when, whenever they decide to, but uh, I don't see how Max Kepler can remain t- with the Twins. I think um, it's inevitable he gets moved. And once again, I want to see Karlof, or Warner, you know, get some at bats here uh, to see what this what this team what they're going to look what this team's going to look like in a couple of years when these guys have some experience. There's some good pieces here. I mean, you have a batting champion in Orion. you got. Jose Miranda, it looks like he can hit. Polanco, you know, coming off his worst year because he went on the DL for the first time ever. I mean, there, there's pieces here. Um, and if these guys, you know, can can hit, especially Kirilov, which I, who I think, you know, can be a really good hitter. Um, you know, this is going to be a good offensive team. That's just going to need a couple of pitchers to to make it relevant again. And, and this dip uh, that I'm, I'm expecting in 2023 won't last more than a year. Yeah, uh
1: I, I agree with you. I think health is more important than than actual moves. It's just that people get really excited about free agency and want their local team to, to go out and do it. So let's so let's talk about Steve Cohen. Once again, thank you to Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins, and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at talknorth.com. So uh Steve, you know, we're seeing all kinds of anonymous r- r- reports from anonymous sources saying, uh, hey, you know, we're, Steve Cohen is is uh, not behaving properly. He's overspending. He's going against the spirit of the CBA. He's going to look deep into the luxury tax, which is supposed to prevent people from spending like this. I, I don't you know, listen, if you're going to have a sport without a salary cap, he's free to do whatever he wants. Uh, I, I have no qualms about him going out and spending whatever money he wants to spend. And it's just up to other teams to run their own businesses at, at the way they see fit.
0: Yeah, all these owners are billionaires in their own right. Now, St- Steve Cohen's billions, which is, I believe, is 17 and a half, you know, I, I think that's a lot of billions. It is a lot of billions. It's more than a bunch of these other owners. But also remember, too, I believe it's not a hard rule, but it's league guidelines that they, they want teams not to spend more than what 50% of their revenue mm-hmm. or, or something like that. And that's something that the Twins always claimed they, they would like to be around. Um, um, there was there was some someone had some stat out there within the last month that claimed that the twins were spending like about 45% of revenues. But I, I forgot where I saw that at. Uh, I, I've the, uh, always
1: been told that they've hovered around 43, 46%. I don't know if that's right, yeah. but that's what I've been told.
0: And that puts them in one of the higher it puts them like in in like the top third in, in the league um for, for for the percentage being spent. But like I said, I can't remember where I saw that chart at. But you know, teams are gonna approach this thing differently. And Steve wants to win. He's not gonna care. It's you know, and the, the the owner out in San Diego, you know, that's not a massive market, but you know, he has not been afraid to pay luxury tax in order to put a good team on the field. And uh, you know, and these two teams are set up to, to here's the thing the Dodgers may be the third wheel in all this because you've got the spending of the of the Padres and the spending of the Mets. You know, the Mets didn't like getting eliminated by the Padres in the postseason, and so um they're, this is where the, the superpowers are going to collide this year in Major League Baseball. I mean, you know what? It's it's fun. It's kind of fun and interesting to, to see it happen and to talk about it. Um, but when you think about the long-term ramifications of how the league uh, may, may – uh, uh, the ramifications across the league, it's problematic because m- – m- when will the Twins be able to sign a quality free agent, knowing that there's a Cohen lurking out there that's going to, you know, come over the top and blow them out of the water with an offer and take the player away? And listen, I,
1: I just think the sport would be in a much better place if they had a salary cap and a salary floor. You you prevent the mega markets from dominating free agency and you would also keep the smaller markets from saying we're not going to try to contend we're just going to have a bare bones team and we're just going to roll people out there until we develop some kit i mean it, it we all know that would be the best case um but if if you're going to have a sport without a salary cap and a salary floor you're going to see this you're going to see ridiculous spending by some owners you're going to see almost no spending by others. And I just think that's bad for the sport. The reason the NFL is so popular is that every team has reason to believe either they can win now or they can rebuild quickly. And in baseball, right. rebuilding can take you eight, 10, 12 years.
0: And the thing thing about baseball, we, we never hear about small market, big market in, in, in the NFL or nope. a little bit in the NHL, but it's always, we're always beaten over the head with it in, in baseball. And, OK, even if you don't have a salary cap, Jim, my argument is that the, the local TV revenue should be put in a pot and sp- spread equally. I think it's only up to like 28 or 30 percent now. But you tell me if the Dodgers and the Mets and the Madison Yankees have to put more uh, 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 of their local TV revenue in a pot that's shared by all the owners, you know, that could also help them. It, w- it would be almost an unofficial you know, salary cap because um, they don't have a powerful TV deal to fuel their payroll.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, that that would help too. Uh, any any system <laughs> we're a place in baseball where almost any system would be better. But my my grander point is here. I I'm not going to bash Steve Cohen for spending money. It, no. it, he's playing by the rules. If he wants to pay a ridiculous markup because of luxury taxes, it's his money. That doesn't bother me at all.
0: You know, and that's what the Yankees used to, used to do when yep. during the, the the George Steinbrenner days, they didn't care about who they signed and how much it would cost. They just wanted the player. You know, they they traded for a Rod. They they signed big, uh, but traded for or signed Randy Johnson. They kept adding on and adding on star after star, and it looks like they're they are operating with a little more restraint right now. And you know, once again, I. I said you almost forget the last time Yankees won a World Series, you know, because hey, um, the 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 days of the Yankee powerhouses in the, in the 2000s. You know, I covered the I covered the, the Subway World Series against the Mets and I covered the World Series when the Yankees swept the, the Padres. And uh, you that's those were the years where George didn't care about how much it would cost to get someone. He would just get them, you know. Um, but. You know, but today's baseball, you know, owners can spend wherever they want, and they choose not to. In in most cases, they some teams say we can't, but in the end, they choose not to spend the money.
1: Yep. Hey, let's uh, get to one more topic today. Uh, happy holidays to everyone who listens. Once again, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And the best way to listen, this show or any other show you like at the network, subscribe to your podcast app. We do appreciate it. Uh, Chin Music will probably take next week off and come back first week of January to talk about more twins issues, more baseball issues. So what should we expect out of Royce Lewis, assuming reasonable health and a reasonable uh, date of return? I mean, is this guy, because you know, part of me, And and listen, I am very, I will admit up front, I am guilty of sometimes overrating young talent. Uh, I get really excited about prospects and guys who could be great. And that excites me often more than free agency and the things that, that excite the average fan. So I think Royce Lewis could be great. Is it possible that Royce Lewis
0: by July or August will have made us forget about Carlos Correa? Um, he will start to have us forget about Carlos Correa and I'm like you. Um, and I think we're a lot, like, we're like a lot of fans that whenever there's a new prospect that comes up through the system, you think this is going to be the guy that can be a transformative presence in our lineup and, uh, an ace, uh, to our pitching staff and lead us to greatness. Um, definitely you, you have that feeling for a lot of prospects that come up, um, um uh, through the system and uh, the the twins, you 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 still think that Kirloff can be a guy who could be a three hundred hitter, and uh, you think that Larna could be a power guy. A uh, Miranda, you know the way Miranda showed uh, showed his promise. Royce Lewis, you know teased us with uh, by hitting three hundred and twelve games before uh, he ran into the wall and injured his knee again. Um, and he looked like he belonged. He looked like he could make solid contact and put the ball in play, and um, and and show a little pop. So. You, you 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 saw a glimpse that or some there was some evidence there that Lewis could uh, produce at a high level in this league. Um, he has he was a pure athlete playing shortstop, and he has slowly transitioned into being a shortstop playing athlete. Um, uh, and it looks like he can he can handle the the, the, posi- the position. And now you just want him to get games because the, the potential there uh, is is definite. It's legitimate. And I'm like you. I want to see. I want to see him play. And I do think by the end of this year, once Lewis starts playing, regardless if that's July or August, that he's going to offer more glimpses that you know he could be the cornerstone shortstop for years to come and potentially be like an All Star type player. And there's nothing wrong with dreaming big about a prospect. I mean, like I said, we all do it. It's fun to do. It allows you to escape the reality <laughs> for a few moments and and see what this guy could be by the time he's you know 20 28 years old. So yeah, let's dare to dream with Royce Lewis and believe that um, he can step on the field and be uh, a multi-faceted talent who can uh, help the Twins win a lot of games. I love the bat, uh, I love the approach, I love the athletic ability, and I love the
1: personality. I think he, this guy is going to be able to handle anything that comes his way. I think he's got a. It to be a great guy to have around, whether you're a teammate or a, a dopey writer or whatever. I, I just think he's he's got. Pretty much everything you want uh, for acclimating to the big leagues, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think he was. Uh, I think he had he had uh, good parents and good upbringing. Um, he's humble, and, and which is good because he's been humble the last couple of years because of injuries. It seems like he's. You know, last year when I saw him, he still had a positive outlook despite the fact that you know he had to waste a wasted year because of an injury, and he's probably going through it again. You know, this year, um, it's a great story. I mean, his dad was a sommelier at a restaurant in california that twin scouts used to go to and they didn't even know his son played baseball until <laughs> you know he was he was starting to play high school you know They're like what your kid plays you know and the next thing you know wait a minute this kid's pretty doggone good so um yeah so you know uh, i unfortunately and this was the first pick i believe yeah, this was the first pick of the Falvey um levine regime i believe i think yes i, I think it was um so um, we'll see. He, he gets up to the uh, reaches the majors and proves to everyone that the Twins made, um, you know, the, the right choice. You know, uh, it's amazing how these choices go. And unfortunately, the Twins have been in the top five of the, of the draft a few more times than they should be. But you know, Carlos Correa, they took Bu- Buxton the year that uh, Correa was available, and we, they took Royce Lewis. Now we're waiting to see how that plays out um, instead of Hunter Green. Hunter Green showed a lot of ability with the Reds before he got injured. Um, Both were coming back from injuries, but Green is flashing out a 100 mile an hour fastball. You know, they made him a top pitching prospect. You know, five years from now, will the Twins regret the decision or will Royce Lewis make them look good? Good question. Uh, Last note for today.
1: And once again, thank you for listening. Uh, I did a piece about uh, a third grader who got bullied and the Vikings reached out to him and did a lot of nice things. And one of the athletes who went out of his way to uh, make Dylan Moret you know, feel better about his situation uh, was Byron Buxton. Byron sent him a care package with a bunch of, uh, I don't know exactly what was in it, but I'm guessing some autographed uh, stuff and jerseys and whatever else, twins paraphernalia. Uh, good on Byron Buxton. I've known Byron for a long time since he was an A-ball and
0: I'm not surprised at all that he, he would, he would uh, put himself out there to do that. You know, and we've watched Byron grow up, too. I mean, that's the yeah. cool thing about covering teams for multiple years. You you get to see so many young guys mature and see what type of human beings they become. And, you know, the day that Buxton walked in, um, showed up with the Twins. I mean, he was polite to everyone. He kept answering answering our questions. Yes, sir. No, sir. I got to the point point said, dude, don't call me, sir. Just <laughs> He just answered the question. You don't have to be so polite. But uh, but that's the way Byron was. And he hasn't changed. Uh, he's a real dude. And, you know, it, and I think it says something to, about Byron, uh, the fact that he that he signed a contract uh, a contract extension with the Twins, because they the Twins did a couple of things that would would piss off a lot of players when mm-hmm. how they've handled Byron over the years, and Byron still wanted to stay here and be part of it. When I think some other guys would have moved on, so you know that's kudos to, to Byron, you know, realizing that the grass isn't always greener. And he found a, a deal that he's comfortable with. And, you know, he'll be a fine representative of the Twins on and off the field.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, man, I hope he just plays like 120, 140 games in no some kidding. capacity. You gotta, it would just be so much fun. It's just, you know, the thing about sports, I mean, people obsess about winning and losing and money spent and all that. For me, so much of it is about, do I look forward to going to the games? And when Buxton's playing center field, I look forward to going to a Twins game.
0: Yep, exactly. And when he gets to the plate, you think something big's going to happen because when he touches the ball, fantastic stuff happens. It goes over the fence or it's a triple or it's something excitement. He brings excitement. And uh, yeah, we just all want to see that on the field a little more often this year.
1: No doubt. Hey, uh, enjoy the holidays, Lavelle. Thanks for everything. Thanks again to Brandon Morton. Thanks to everyone who listens to talktalk.com. Looking forward to big things in 2023. Be safe out there and warm. And warm.